Hello there and welcome into a new installment of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller. And we are the show that seeks to light that competitive fire within you in order to jumpstart or optimize your career. I have a very special episode today in that I am welcoming on Charlie Ruiz, a fellow performance coach. But he's also a fellow participant in the Athlete Soul Run for the Soul that I wanted to highlight on the podcast this week because we're both taking part in it. We're both getting some miles in on the pavement of, well, he's doing it in the beautiful uh, beautiful climate that is the Bay Area while I'm doing it in the very hot and humid climate that is Louisiana. But at the, the same time, we're doing it very much for a great cause that is Athlete Soul. I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about that here in a second, but as always, I'd like to just let you know Feel free to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com. That's steve at careercompetitor.com, where you can set up an opportunity for us to talk a little bit about maybe how I can be of use to you from a performance coaching standpoint for either you or the organization that you are a part of. So always excited for those opportunities to connect with anyone listening. Furthermore, if you are listening to us, that means you have a phone at hand and you can click either the fifth star on the Apple Podcast page, or you can follow or subscribe, or just find any way to publicize how awesome the content is that you're listening to at this moment in time. So don't ever hesitate, don't be shy, let the world know that you're listening to Career Competitor and how much you're enjoying it. But I wanted to get to my guest, who today is Charlie Ruiz. And Charlie, like I said at the outset, is a fellow performance coach with his own company, CLR Connection. And Charlie's background is that of being a professional baseball player with the Colorado Rockies. And over the last 10 years since his athletic retirement, he's been working his way through different ventures and different opportunities and has now gotten himself to this point where he's doing some awesome work as a performance coach. And the main reason I asked Charlie to come on first and foremost is that he and I have built an awesome friendship over all of 2022 through our work with Athlete Soul. But in addition to that, I asked Charlie to come on because I really wanted to get onto the topic of what it means to go through athletic retirement because it's a real struggle. It's a real hardship for a lot of former athletes. And the conversation doesn't really get addressed a whole lot because why would it, right? You have this great life, you're doing all these amazing things in your specific sport and now you just don't get to do it anymore so it's easy to label it as something that is a a simple basic transition but at the root of it is a lot of hardship at the root of it is someone who's having to give up a component of their identity in some cases almost feel as though their entire identity is being given up in a very abrupt moment and we have to move on from that moment and figure out the real world from that point on So I don't want to give away too much of our conversation here in the introduction, but I do want to just really encourage you, if you are someone that has either been a former athlete who's dealt with this transition or known of someone that's dealt with this transition, to give towards this awesome cause that is Athlete Soul, Run for the Soul, and all the information to do that is going to be in the show notes. So let's introduce Charlie Ruiz to the Career Competitor Podcast and share this awesome conversation that he and I had, and I hope you all enjoy all right, on this uh, this special episode, we'll call it a special episode of the Career Competitor Podcast. We're doing this during the week of Athlete Soul, Run for the Soul, and I have one of my fellow transitional coaches, Charlie Ruiz, on the show to talk all about 
why it is that we should care about athletic retirement and why it is you and I are so damn passionate about what it is we do with Athlete Soul, with this whole soul, uh, run for the soul, all of this sort of stuff. So first and foremost, brother, I'm glad to finally have you on the pod and how are things going at the moment? Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Uh, pleasure to be here. And they're going. I think we're <laughs> two days into this fundraiser, uh, all over social, mm-hmm. starting to feel it in the hips and the age. Uh, all good things. All good things, man. All good things. Good, man. Well, it's uh, it, it was a it made a lot of sense. You know, I reached out to you literally 24 hours ago to set this <laughs> up. And that's the beauty of everything you're going to hear right now is organic, unplanned, in in many ways, I'm sure, unfiltered. And and so for for me personally, the reason I wanted to do this episode was because I personally have spoken from time to time about my athletic retirement. And I know you're starting to do the same in your work too. So for me, I felt like this was an awesome place that we can kind of dive into that a little bit more and start to really offer that encouragement to anybody yeah. else out there that's maybe going to hear this and be like, you know, I haven't spoken about this enough. I haven't embraced this enough and I need to. So with that being said, you were just on social yesterday talking a little bit about this for the first time. So why don't you kind of pick it up where you left it off on social yesterday and just kind of fill people a little bit in on your side of the story. And then I'll do the same with myself. Nah, uh, thanks, Steve. And yeah, so just for context, I, I had never really talked about athletic retirement and the post that you're referencing was the me talking a little bit about finally opening up to to yeah. speak to it. Yeah. I mean, I think that was really it. It was more of a, rea- a realization that I never really acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, maybe it was because I was hurt and it was almost like a slow burn of the realization that my career was over that I didn't want to acknowledge it. So it was almost denial. I think my father-in-law shared something with me the other day that he remembers me not talking about it hmm. for months if it wasn't for the Giants happening to be in the World Series, I probably wouldn't have been watching baseball, but they hadn't won a championship for 50 years, so I had to tap in. Yeah. But I was I was in denial. I wasn't going to acknowledge it, and I didn't. And that's, that's the part of this that I think it makes sense to start because yeah. I actually posted something myself earlier today about how it took me the better part of five years to really go through the full transition of, of leaving the sport of swimming behind and funnily enough in my situation is I was still in the sport but as a coach and despite that it actually it may have even made it harder for me to truly move on from being a competitive athlete myself because I was still immersed in it I was still around it and it was almost to your point of denial I was acting as though I was moving on just by simply standing on the side of the pool instead of being in the pool and it wasn't until I started to get a bit more honest and open about myself privately that I realized that from an identity standpoint, I was still hanging on to this version of myself and and that I really identified with as an athlete more than I did or was willing to identify as just a, just a guy, just a coach or whatever it is, however you want to sort of put it. And I didn't really want to embrace this new chapter. I wanted to still hang on to this version, this identity of my past self. I mean, how much did that sort of resonates with you? A lot of it. I think the word that stands out is chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was some it was something that someone had shared with me was find a way to close this chapter, this book on your own terms. And when it's forced upon you or it's unknown, 
we don't typically find our way to close the chapter. And I, and I did, that was what, be, that became my new mission two years after rehabbing. How can I close this on my own terms? Did I do everything I needed to do to really be okay with this from a physical standpoint? And then it opens this new chapter of a transition, which is, as you know, could be two years, three years, four years. It took me probably four or five years as well, mm-hmm. but it was first the physical chapter. I am done. And then second, okay, now what? So it's almost two separate books when you think about it. <laughs> that's a that's a really interesting way of putting it because I, I like you, I was forced into retirement with with injury as well. I, I did have some ambition still to carry on trying to compete at an international level, but I I probably had about six months of swimming injured to sort of handle that process. It's a crazy notion, but I swam injured for about six months, which in so many ways allowed my body to tell me, hey, this is coming to an end. You know, so there's almost that element of preparation, but the part of it, the mental side of it, I just never even considered needing to necessarily acknowledge, never mind actually doing the work required to deal with that transition. And so I wanna I wanna turn it back around on you a little bit here with this idea of where I'm kind of coming from with this whole episode of why we should care about athletic retirement. Because I think there is probably there's probably some people that hear it and just go, come on, like you, you played sport and then you didn't play sport. I mean, what's the big deal? What's the big deal? But you and I know better. We, we've been up close enough to know that it's a real transition. So when I ask you a question like why we should care about athletic retirement, what's that first what's that first notion that really comes to mind with you? Why should we care about athletic retirement? Mm hmm. Because I don't think it's something that we we value in in our own processing as as adults and retirement speaks to different. But as an as an athlete, you have an identity, and when you don't acknowledge it and you don't process it, it comes back. Mm. But it comes back harder five, six, seven, ten years down the road if you don't process it. It will come back and rear its head in, in in different ways that I think we are starting to see even more and more with athletes that are currently in sport. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, I mean, it's unbelievably important to address mm-hmm. at this it stage is, in my life. Yeah, yeah, and it it it's uh, the way you kind of described it there. And the one thing I don't want to do here is start. Uh, you know, doing this sort of compare contrast to other experiences that sure. people go through, but whether whether people outside of sport are willing to acknowledge it, for a lot of athletes, not everybody, I don't want to pigeonhole everybody, but for a yeah. lot of athletes, the the loss of their sport, which in many ways is what retirement is for most athletes, it's the loss of their sport, is like the loss of someone important in their life. There's a trauma element to it. It can be traumatic. But to your point, sometimes we're not necessarily acknowledging it in the moment. So we're doing what a lot of people will do with what we tend to sort of see as trauma. Mm-hmm. And we we push it away. We hide it away somewhere. And then to your point, again, it, it reveals itself at some point down the road. And the one thing I love about to bring it back to what we're doing this week and to everything we we are so passionately involved in with Athlete Soul is that we're trying to prevent that delay. We're, we're trying to encourage the conversation to happen 
in the moment through the retirement as opposed to allowing that time to go by and for us to miss out on that opportunity to deal with what can be a traumatic experience for people in the moment. Yeah. You you said it yourself a few years went by like do you do you have any memory of that moment where you started to truly realize like hey there's there's this thing that ah, man I just haven't given it anywhere near the the attention that it deserved. Yeah, so like was there was there a moment specifically? I think it I think it was always there mm. now that you've asked from the first job that I had, maybe getting into sales and four or five, six years later, there was always this inkling of like, I'm not doing, I'm not serving myself and I'm not acknowledging like this, this huge part of my life that was. And then I think it clicked for me when I was probably at my, my darkest spot where I started coaching again. I got out on the field and kicked back into gear where I'm helping kids um, around the sport that served me for so many years. And that's when the transformation started. So I think that's when it unlocked for me of, I didn't acknowledge this. Now here I'm back and I'm realizing that, hey, it's something that I should probably think through. And that's when it all changed for me. Yeah, I like I love how you said you felt as though it wasn't necessarily serving you. Yes. You, know, you, felt, you felt as though there was this element that you needed to be serving within you. And when you're an athlete, so much of what you do, there's a selfish element to it, right? I mean, you, you have to focus on number one. You've got to prioritize rehab. You've got to prioritize recovery. And then you've got to make sure you're invested specifically on you when the work comes back around the next day and you're you're grinding and you're doing what it is you got to do to get better. For, for so many, suddenly now we're in these worlds of an office space or whatever company it may be that we're now working in. And we're, we're being told to work as a team, which we did in, in our sport, but mm -hmm. we don't know how to do it on our terms the way we maybe used to do it when we were in our sport. And again, you've been able to notice through your journey this yeah. notion of, hey, I'm not serving myself. And if I don't serve myself, how can I find joy? How can I find happiness in my process? So for me, just to kind of take that term that you've used here, I remember when I first started serving myself and how weird that seemed. It truly seemed weird because it wasn't serving a performance anymore the way it did when I was in sport. It was now serving my well-being. And I had no idea that that was something I needed to do until I hit a little bit of a rock bottom and I started to be in a really dark place. And for you personally this how did you feel as though you started to serve yourself like what were those initial steps you maybe took when you started hey listen now that i know i need to serve myself this is how i intend to do that from here on out it was pursuing different different avenues of a profession of the day-to-day -day. Mm. i think after the transition, you get told, hey, this is what you do. You're an athlete, you compete, you go do this for a profession, and this is your new life. Uh, and although I had unbelievable amount of support, no one asked me, what do you, what exactly do you even want to do? Like, right. What do you actually care about? So I think answering that question was something that I was seeking for, I, I was seeking. And again, I, I found it after 
serving myself and having informational interviews, talking to friends, putting myself in uncomfortable positions and actually asking myself every single day when I wake up, what do you want to do? Go find it. I mean, I probably had six months of conversations mm. with every industry you could possibly imagine and still ended up <laughs> in a field <laughs> that I never even knew existed. Right. What do you want to do? Isn't that, that's the beauty of that question is how how simple is that question, right? How how easy should that question be to answer, right? And and it's not it's not easy because when again in the world of athletics in sport, you know, you were playing you were playing professional baseball. When you ask a professional baseball, what do you want to do? They want to go play baseball. It's a very it's a very straightforward conversation, and that's making it to the league. league. It's it's very yeah, make it to the league get in the game, be competitive, be there. But the simplicity of that answer, the simplicity of that process in terms of what it is you want to get from it, once it's taken from you, that question that has suddenly been so easy to answer becomes near impossible to it answer. Does. You know, and that's, very, the crazy, that's the crazy part. Very hard to answer. And I, I think because it's so externally driven, most of it, right? You win the game, you play the sport, get the scholarship, you make it to the league. I think something that I've started to explore even more, and I'm not sure even sure if this is where, where you're going, Steve, but what about the game? What about being on the field? Like, what, what do I enjoy? Why am I playing the game? Is it for money? Is it for respect? Is it for my teammates? Is it to honor my family? I think that's typically where my mind goes. Like, why am I even doing this? Hmm. A lot comes out with that. And guess what? That transfers five, 10, 15 years, whether you're mm -hmm. CEO of a company, you're leading a sales team, you're running a nonprofit. Why do you do what you do? Right. It's a tough question to answer. It's a really tough question to answer. And, you know, listen, listening to you going down this, this part of the conversation now, which I actually appreciate you taking us, is that it allows me to come full circle with what this show is I, it, you know the beauty of me starting the show when i did is athlete soul didn't even exist then and and then i got to meet the wonderful miriam glez through the process of of starting my podcast when she was starting athlete soul and now here you and i are serving this this non-for-profit that miriam has created um, over the last three years and we're doing it in a way where we're trying to create a narrative, a conversation of what does it mean to highlight the skill set, the characteristics, the great things that, a per that an athlete can embody and go be successful in another world. Go be successful somewhere else. Go be able to answer that question, like you said, what is it they want to do? What is it you want to do to be able to answer that question and look on the very characteristics that you used during your athlete career hmm. that's what my show was born out of that is so much about what the mission of athlete soul is about and so for us now to be having this conversation at episode 149 <laughs> is is pretty fantastic for me but as you start Who to does? go out as you start to go out on this process of running for the soul and continuing to support athlete soul what message do you have because i i will come up with a message of my own but what message do you have for that athlete that's coming out of college in the next couple months or the next year or that professional athlete that doesn't realize it yet but maybe retirement is right around the corner 
with the end potentially in sight, what sort of message are you potentially sharing with someone in that situation? Thanks for the lead in to give me a chance to think about that answer, Steve. Nice. <laughs> it really is all about the community. Uh, and as, as cliche as that may sound, look around. Right, you people want to help. They do. Your teammates, your old coaches, like reach out to them, embrace the discomfort that you're going to have asking what you may think is a dumb question because as athletes, we have everything figured out. We've been fed with mm. a silver spoon, right? We've been catered to for our lives. Yeah. So we don't ask the questions. We do it. We make it happen. We find a way. Go find a way with your community. Look around your inner circle and outer circle and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Find out what people are doing and just get some perspective. If you have to go on a walk or a ride with someone to see if you want to do medical device sales, because that's what every athlete is told to do. And then you go like me and you see somebody getting their shoulder worked on. Like I just had, you go, nah, that ain't it. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like go find out who's in your community and ask the hard questions. Hmm. Wow. I don't know if I can top that, man. I'm going to try, but I, I don't know if I can top that because for me, I'm I'm such an advocate for community network, however you want to put it. Sure. And and something that you've just mentioned there too is the stereotypical sort of pigeonhole that we can put a, an athlete into. Like, oh, you're competitive. Go into a competitive industry. It's it's not that simple. It's not that simple. Like, because that competitive fire within you, it can be created. It can come out in a variety of ways, you know. And and so, like for me, I look at the create the create. Uh, I look at the competitor. Sorry that I am today. Yeah. And the competitor in Steve says that I want to see other people perform in their particular areas to the best of their ability. I'm not racing anybody as you, as anybody can find out in my neighborhood, as I do this run for the soul, <laughs> you want to give me a race right now. You got me beat. I can't run fast. It's all good. But the fact of the matter is underneath what you're saying here is that there is this pigeonhole that athletes get put into sometimes where there's this assumption from employers that, Hey, you're an athlete, come compete with me, come, come into our competitive industry and maybe sales or recruitment. Maybe it's not right for you, but to your point, man, like, Go check it out and go find it out for yourself. But one little caveat I'm going to throw on as opposed to adding like another point to this or anything sure. like that, because your point was just so damn good. I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily uh, add anything else to it. But the only thing I will say is that as athletes, we have standards. We have standards of, of, of how we do things. And just to add to what you're saying, if we can embrace those standards and hold ourselves to those same standards that we held ourselves to as athletes in this new world, then we will start to realize that we, we expect more from ourselves. So therefore we can demand more from, let's say a community mm-hmm. that we have within our life. We can go to people and say, listen, I don't, I don't just want your insight. I want you to, I want you to really show me what I can do. I want you to really provide opportunities for me that are in this space that I'm so passionate about because I I know that I'm passionate about this thing. It's why I'm coming to you in the first place about it. You know, if we can hold ourselves to those standards that we hold ourselves to when it comes to the way we practice, the way we perform, when it comes to the way we start to navigate the real world and look at our communities, 
then the people in our communities, when when you go to them with these high standards, you know what they're going to do? They're going to meet you right there in that space. Yeah. And they're going to take you as seriously as you're taking yourself. And they're going to they're going to find opportunities for you because you're so damn serious about what it is you're trying to get from them in the first place. You know, they're going to appreciate that part of the relationship, that part of the community that you're creating for yourself too. So I, I just love that you brought up the community component because for me, it is something that is so powerful if we're willing to notice it and embrace it. Um, it's just such good stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's it's if and if it's the embracing, but it's also like acknowledging that there's so many, and that's a big piece of this fundraiser for me, so many different athletes that are doing amazing things post-sport. I mean, I joke about the medical device sales. Some of my dear friend teammates are absolutely killing it. Right. Mine in too. that field, in that field. Yep, mine um, too. And, and I can go to them and ask them questions. Mm -hmm. I can talk to them about their process because they are killing it in that field. Mm -hmm. Then it's to say, okay, well, what else is out there? So now it's like this community of different athletes that when I do have somebody that's finishing up, and I say, hey, I got a guy. <laughs> or hey, I have a mentor. And this mentor, she is brilliant. And I can introduce you to her. And she's going to walk you through the process of what you would need. I now have these different industries of people that I can connect you with, which to me, and I mentioned this in my post, was the biggest hurdle for me. Mm -hmm. Who is out there? Yeah. Who is out there? Find yeah. that person. Yeah. And it's passing it on, right? You know, just, just passing it along to the next the next person coming behind you. Like, again, <sighs> if, if that's not the world that you're going into, then just be mindful that somebody else might be and that you can you can create that introduction you can create that opportunity for them so i mean it's just it's an awesome point um i'm going to be putting all the information on how you can donate to to this awesome cause um in this particular episode and I, i'm really hoping that enough people hear this that we can start to get a few more dollars coming in yeah. um for this run for the soul and just ignore the fact that charlie and i are on different teams as well because if i put my information in and I don't put Charlie's information in, then, you know, the money will come to my team, but it, it still ends up in the same place. So we can, we can let that one go by the side. Right, man. <laughs> we can, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. It's an overall, let's say athlete sold team mission. I'm yeah. for it. I'm yeah. for it. Yeah. So here we are talking about being competitive and you got it right there at the end, right? We're never losing that part of us. There's no doubt. There's no doubt, but Charlie, man, listen, I appreciate you doing this, especially on such short notice. I felt like this was something that needed to be done and, and this conversation needed to be had. And I, I do hope that we made an impact. I think we did. And I think there's an opportunity for uh, a number of messages to be taken from this and, and, and certainly some awesome stuff from yourself too, man. So I appreciate, I appreciate the perspective. I appreciate all the insight and thanks for your time again. I uh, appreciate you, Steve. More of it. Really appreciate Charlie on such short notice being available to join me on the show. I'm glad we were able to cover some of that content. It is very much near and dear to my heart, as I know it is to Charlie as well. And if there's anything we can do just to shed some light on this awesome non-for-profit that is Athlete Soul that Charlie and I are a part of, then I'm glad to do it. I'm glad we were able to make that happen. I hope you appreciated the conversation, some candidness, some insight there from two guys that have gone through the worst of times at a certain point within our lives as we've given up our sport. And again, if you have this notion that going from being an athlete to not being an athlete is not this huge thing to deal with, then I, I hope that we've been able to shift your perspective 
even slightly enough to maybe feel as though you'd like to donate to this awesome cause that is Athlete Soul. So all the information to do that for this Run for the Soul campaign is in the show notes. So please go ahead and do that if you're able to. But in the meantime, I appreciate you joining us. Click that fifth star on Apple Podcasts if you can on your way out. Feel free to reach out to me, Steve, at careercompetitor.com. I'd love to hear from you and keep up the awesome work that you've got going on within your world as well. Bye for now.